0: Turn your Bible, please, to Isaiah chapter 40. So grateful for the wonderful way Brother Lloyd sings. It's always a blessing. And I wish you could have heard him last night in the song. It was just absolutely fantastic. Isaiah chapter 40. <clears throat> Brother Eric read these words a little while ago, and I want to repeat them beginning in verse 28. Isaiah chapter 40. The people of God were discouraged. They had been in captivity. And God told Isaiah to get up and go down and preach to them this message. And the last part of the message begins in verse 28. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to them, he, he giveth power to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. And then he says, Even the young men shall fall and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. But look at verse twenty-eight, uh, verse thirty-one. But they that wait upon the Lord Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles and run and not be weary and walk and not faint. There are many things we can learn from the eagle. We're in an eagle campaign in Sunday school attendance, and the little statement over here says they shall rise up with wings like an eagle and God promises that to those who are his own now notice in verse uh, 31 they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength there are two ways to wait on the Lord one is more difficult than the other one is to wait by serving all of us are called to be servants of God If we are submissive to the will of God and we love the Lord with all our hearts and mind and soul and strength it will not be hard to serve the Lord. We may get sidetracked from time to time but there will be something inside that will say I want to go on. Maybe as a singer in the choir. Maybe as a deacon. Maybe as a Sunday school teacher or an, or an usher or someone who is a prayer warrior. I want to just keep on going on. Not all of us can do the same thing. Our calling, our gifts are a little bit different. But I, God calls every one of us to be a witness for him. And we can be a faithful witness And this says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I've heard of people getting burned out. I've never quite understood that term. When we keep our eyes on Jesus and look full in his wonderful face, the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And the things of earth include our physical weaknesses, our old age, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That is, they'll just keep on going. You don't have to quit. You don't have to get sidetracked. You don't have to just sit down and say, well, let somebody else do it. You just keep on keeping on. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The other part of waiting is more difficult. That is, just waiting. Patiently waiting until we hear what God tells us to do. That's a tough assignment. Most of us have a lot of impatience. And we say, Lord, I really want to know what you want me to do. I wish you'd told me a month ago. I wish you'd told me yesterday, but I demand that you tell me right now. And God doesn't react like that. It's like the lights on an automobile automobile at night. When you go out at night after the service tonight, you turn your lights on. They don't light all the way to your home. They just light a few feet in front of you. And then as you travel, that light keeps on going and keeps on going until it brings you to your home and the light shines on your house or your garage. But it didn't do that when you first left here. You had to wait patiently as the lights grew as you traveled. And that's the way with the will of God. God does not always show us what he wants us to do immediately. He wants us to go through one door at a time. And as we go through that door, then he opens another door, and then another door, and then another door. This is especially true among young people who are wanting to know the will of God for their lives. God's will is that all of us finish kindergarten, if you go to kindergarten. Then you finish first grade, then the elementary grades. Then you go on to junior high, and then you go on to senior high. Now, there's some dropouts along the way. Most of the dropouts I know wish they had not dropped out. And then when you finish high school, the question is, where do I go to college? Some people just quit and start working then. And maybe college is not for everybody. But you will not know God's plan until you fulfill what you know He wants you to do now. The future is for those who do what God wants them to do right now. So they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary and walk and not faint. There are many things we can learn from an eagle. I studied this and got some resources from encyclopedias and and from other sources, and Brother Robert Torrance had a study on eagles that has helped me a lot. There are many kinds of eagles, the golden eagle, the imperial eagle, the king eagle, the dwarf eagle, the sea eagle, the fishing eagle, the serpent eagle, the buzzard eagle, the happy eagle, and the bald eagle. All I knew about was the bald eagle. That's the, sign, that's the symbol of America. From antiquity, the eagle has been a symbol of might and courage. His power of vision and the great heights to which he soars in the sky has been a wonder to all generations. In Roman superstition, the eagle was associated with Jupiter. The eagle has been used as a standard among the Russian legions and is a symbol of the United States of America. There are several things about the eagle that we need to note. The way of the eagle. He can fly higher than any other bird. He can fly alone. He is set apart from all other birds. Number two, the wings of an eagle. Did you know that the wingspan of an eagle is seven and a half feet? He flies 5% of the time, and he soars 95% of the time. So great is the thrust of his wings that he just puts 5% of his time in that forward thrust, and the rest of the time he's soaring, soaring up into the heavens. The war of the eagle. Eagles have enemies. They know where they are, who they are. An eagle can soar right toward the sun and leave his enemies in the shade. The eagle defends his territory. He can crush any other bird and the eagle is not afraid. The watch of an eagle. He has tremendous vision and eyesight. Two miles up, he can see the danger that might come to him. The warmth of the eagle. The eagle is a warm-hearted and loyal bird. He mates for life. And can teach a lot of human beings about that. He doesn't have two or three mates in life. He has one. The wisdom of the eagle. The eagle primes himself and prims himself. He is anointed with oil. And without that oil, he cannot do what he needs to do. And so he returns for the anointing of oil. We think of the work of an eagle. He builds his nest in the tallest tree for the protection and vision. He many times builds in the cleft of the rock for guardianship. The worth of an eagle. He tries to help the eagle down in the valley. I was amazed at that. The eagle from up here can see an eagle in trouble and he swoops down and tries to help that eagle in the valley. The winds of the eagle. The eagle must endure the strong winds that come, even with hurricane force, and he flies through the storms. And he remembers Brother Lloyd's song, God is with him until the storm passes by. Tenthly, the willingness of the eagle. He yields to God's plan for his life. He is not trying to be like another bird, he is like himself. Most of the time, they just soared. And they were not afraid. You and I need not to be afraid to launch out on faith. Whatever God leads us to do, remember when God directs, He'll supply. In our giving during this program of financing the new building, don't be afraid to give what God tells you to give. I read about a man that... uh, They were building a church in Scotland and a man from England wanted to make a contribution. He would, I'm going to use our dollar terms instead of pounds like England does, but he wanted to give $2. Well, he accidentally pulled out $200 and he gave it for the building. And then he said, Oh, wait a minute, I meant to just give two. And his wife said, If God put your hands on 200, that's probably what he intended for you to do. Don't be afraid. And God took care of it. Amen. You see, you cannot outgive God. God will be no man's debtor. When you pray, Lord, what wilt thou have me to give? What wilt thou have me to do? What wilt thou have me to. Uh, do in regard to this important work pray about it Amen. and as the holy spirit lays a figure on your heart don't be afraid of it just trust the lord just as the eagle does and he flies on and on and is not afraid and then secondly the wings of an eagle the eagle is not made to fly low nor are believers. God doesn't wants us to get as low to the earth and the world and the flesh and the devil and all the other things as we can. He wants us to rise above all this. Amen. The eagle can soar higher than any other bird. His wingspan seven and a half feet. Can you imagine a, something that huge? Like a big animal. So can we. We can mount up with wings as eagles and walk and not faint and run and not be weary. We can give and give and give and help those down in the valley. I was amazed to learn that about an eagle. I didn't realize that in their great height, they could look down with tremendous vision. They can see from two miles. And they can look down in a valley and see an eagle in trouble. And they can circle around and find out what that trouble is and then swoop down and deal with the enemy and help that eagle rise again. You and I can do that, too. You find somebody that's having spiritual struggles. You find somebody that's in trouble, maybe financially. Maybe they're hungry. Maybe they're poor. Or maybe they have met with sore temptations and have had some defeats. And maybe they've been in trouble. Sometimes Christians avoid those. We walk away from those who have had problems in their lives. God wants us to be like the eagle and swoop down and help those and be with them and love them and lift them up. It is never God's will for us to put our thumb on somebody who's already down and push them down, down, down. We can learn from the eagle. And then, last of all, the willingness of the eagle. The eagle is willing to do what he was made to do. I don't think you ever find an eagle in rebellion. <laughs> I can't imagine what an eagle in rebellion would be like. Uh, now buzzards get rebellious and they come after us. You see a buzzard, you know something's dead around. Eagles are not like buzzards. Now they're the same type. They're great big birds. But an eagle is to protect. A buzzard is to destroy. And so you and I... Need to have the willingness of an eagle to do what God says to do. You know what the Bible says? My God shall supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Every need. That means the need of companionship. Are you lonely? Lonely, I'm not lonely. Jesus is my friend. I feel a peace in knowing my Savior stands between. He stands to guard me from danger when earthly friends are few. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. Are you having some struggles in your life? Find out what God wants you to do with those struggles. You know, nothing comes into the life of a believer except by the permissive will of God. You think of that. God allows it to come. Accidents, sickness. We don't need to rebel against those things. We need to find out what God is saying and what he wants to teach us through it. And then the word of God tells us, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him. That means when we come together on the Lord's day, we're to give God his portion of what he's given to us. And we read in Malachi 3.10 what that portion is. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. And you say, where have, you robbed, where have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. The whole tithe into the storehouse. The whole tithe into the storehouse. Do you know Ananias and Sapphira? You ever met them? You may be sitting near somebody like that today. Ananias and Sapphira sold a farm. And they said, we're going to give it all to the Lord. So they came on a certain day, and Ananias came first. He had sold the farm for $100,000. He brought 25000 to the church Now I'm just using American figures Peter met him and said why have you lied to the Holy Spirit you told the Holy Spirit you were going to give it all and now you're just given 25 percent now a fourth of it he said you didn't need to make that vow but when you vow a vow to the Lord it's better to meet that vow than to not meet it Amen. and Ananias died sometime later his wife Sapphira came and said the same lie And she, too, died. Now, God used that as an example to all of us to say, do what God tells you to do. Do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. And don't cheat God. I don't think the eagle ever cheats. Now, I don't know that. I haven't studied that part of an eagle. But I know that he does what he is supposed to do. He does what he was made to do. You and I were made to glorify God. That's the purpose of our lives. Now try to wake up a little bit if you're going to sleep. Listen, the purpose of our lives is to glorify and honor the Lord. That's God's plan, God's will for us. And as we follow His will and His direction, then He'll guide us. I don't know whether the eagle has any kind of understanding of God. Basically, you and I are God to the animal world and the fowls of the air and the fish of the sea. Amen. Right. Nobody can be God to a human being except the Lord God. Amen. Right. But friend, God is desiring to be your God. He can only be that when you invite him into your life. Amen. You see, God made us as free moral agents. Not one of us is a puppet. God doesn't pull a string and make you move. Right. He doesn't say, I'm going to make you be saved. Now, I'm a Calvinist as far as uh, uh, theology is concerned. I'm not an Arminian. An Arminian emphasizes the free will. The Calvinist says we believe in the sovereignty of God. But I want to tell you this. Both are taught in the Scripture. And when God begins to work in your heart, the Scripture says there are many people who said no. Judas said no. The rich man that Jesus loved and invited to give what he had to the poor and follow Jesus, he said no, and he went away. So can you. You can say no to God if you want to. The fool hath said in his heart, no, God. There are two scriptures that deal with that in the Psalms. One is the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. He is a fool. The other is the fool has said in his heart, no, God, I'll not do it. I'll not do what you want me to do. The eagle does what he was made to do. I mean, that is what he was fashioned to do. Now, you and I can do the same thing. We were fashioned to put our faith in the Lord. It is not the will of God that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God loves you more than I could ever say. God loves you with an everlasting love. And he wants to live in your heart but you have to invite him in. The eagle, when he comes time to die, goes up on a great cleft of a rock and looks toward the sun. And when you come and I come to the end of the way, if we'll look up and know that our redemption draws nigh, we don't have to be afraid. Nobody in this room needs to be afraid to die. Now we don't like the valley of the shadow. We don't look forward to that, but oh, what's on the other side of that valley? How precious it is. Now, that's where faith takes hold. When you have faith in your heart toward the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll know that he died for you on the cross. He went beyond the grave and he came back to say, don't be afraid. I've conquered sin and the grave and death and hell and I'm alive forevermore. And those who put their trust in him are alive forevermore. You say, how do you do that? You come to the point where you realize you're a sinner. That Jesus is the Savior. He died for us on the cross. And you invite him into your heart. And when he comes in, he whispers peace. He whispers forgiveness. He writes your name in heaven. And he comes to live inside of you. And when death comes, remember that God doesn't die. So the God that's inside of you takes that part which is really you and transports it to the city of God. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the lessons we can learn from the eagle. We pray that we will mount up with wings as eagles and run and not be weary and walk and not faint. We pray that someone in this room who has never been saved will turn to Jesus and receive Christ as personal Savior and Lord and will know that Jesus is the one we can completely trust And He'll never fail us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.